if you found yourself with, oh, say, an extra billion dollars lying around? Well, that's exactly the question the Arkansas General Assembly is contemplating as the state's surplus of tax collections over expenses reach record levels. Governor Asa Hutchinson pred predicts that the surplus will reach $1 billion by June 30th. So we'll talk about that and the Arkansas legislature's options for what to do with all that money in this edition of Know the News, presented by the newsroom of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the newspaper, and I'm, a ho I'm the host for today's podcast. And in a few minutes, we'll dive into the facts and figures of that massive surplus and what may happen to all that money. But first, let me tell you about a few other stories we're working on. Northwest Arkansas has, uh, has become one of the country's most bike-friendly environments, but that also has led to an increase in potential for accidents on the roadways. We'll take a deep look at cycling safety this weekend. Ambulance service in Springdale has been stretched to the limit with more than 100 calls in the last 16 months coming in when no unit was available to respond. We'll take a look at how the city's fire department wants to address that situation. I also want to call your attention to a story that actually published Thursday of this week, but is still on our website if you'd like to see it uh, at nwaonline.com. For all you old school Burger Stand fans out there, check out the story in the Our Town section about the 61-year-old Susie Q malt shop in Rogers, where the energetic ladies behind the glass serve up burgers, chili dogs, milkshakes, and smiles. The malt shop will soon be featured on a TV special on PBS. Of course, we'll have everything you need to know about the Razorback baseball team's efforts to beat North Carolina State in the NCAA Fayetteville Super Regional this weekend. The winner advances to the College World Series. It would be Arkansas's third consecutive trip to Omaha. But now let's talk money. As this huge budget surplus uh, sits there waiting for the Arkansas General Assembly to decide what to do with it. I'm joined today by Doug Thompson, our political reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Hi, Doug. How do you do? I'm also with Greg Harton, our editorial page editor here at the newspaper. Hello, Greg. Hey, Rusty. Doug, you've got a story for this weekend about what our local lawmakers here in Northwest Arkansas are thinking when it comes to that big budget surplus. But before mm -hmm. we get into that, just where did all this money come from? short answer really is the federal government, federal taxpayers, stuff like that. Um, to use an analogy, suppose you uh, were in the pandemic and your company managed to keep its doors open and you never missed a paycheck, never got your pay cut, um, um, such as that, and then you get a stimulus check. You're not going to incorporate that into your regular budget. You're not going to say, oh, I made this much this year, therefore, you know, you're, you're going to put it in the bank. That's exactly what the situation the, the state government is in. They got, I'm trying to remember this, but it's $1.25 off the uh, CARES Act, mm -hmm. and now they got another go-around where they're going to get even more. So the short answer is federal taxpayers. Um, sent them this money, and that's largely where this, sur this, this surplus comes from. So essentially the aid money that came in during the pandemic uh, from the federal government um, you know, hasn't all been spent on, uh, on, on the things that it was intended that's to be spent exactly for yet. Right. Yet. And I, that, that raises a... We're not completely free and clear of COVID yet. I mean, the, the, long, the secret of long-term success in any government budget, whether it's city, county, state, or federal, the secret of long-term success 
is to have your economy grow faster than your state, than your budget. Arkansas, not unique among the United States, Arkansas just lost a whole year of economic growth. And yeah, we're, we're, we're the bank account balance is looking pretty good now, but uh, we're going to, people are going to be having long lasting uh, uh, health effects from COVID for, for the rest of, some of them for the rest of their lives and such as that. And a lot of those people are on state Medicaid. Um, anyway, not to wander off though, the simple point is that right now, this red hot moment, we've got a billion dollars. Um, we're going to end the fiscal year, which ends June 30th with a billion dollars. And what are we going to do with it? Is the question the lawmakers, the people who pass the budgets get to answer. So is, have you found in your reporting that it's, that it's just a di the direct kind of deposit of aid coming directly to the state, or is it that our economy didn't mm. crash like many feared, and the yes. tax revenue that that was coming in on on some of the aid that went to individuals, uh, and and the fact that we we didn't have our economy crash quite as bit that. That yeah. some of the economic uh, or some of the revenue that's helping to create the surplus is coming from that activity as well. Greg, Greg you raise a good point. My my example was was pretty simplistic. Uh, where the money actually got into the account, where it came from, it's more complicated than than the example I used. But yeah, the Arkansas economy didn't crash, and let's let's pass a sober moment here and recognize that some people died so that economy wouldn't crash. They caught COVID at where I'm thinking particularly of healthcare workers, mm -hmm. people who worked at factories and such as that. Um, but it didn't crash. We certainly weren't in the situation of, for example, Hawaii, which is absolutely tourism dependent. We certainly weren't in the situation of, for example, uh, North Dakota, which is um, saw its revenues fall because of um, the drop in oil prices because nobody was driving anywhere. Uh, and then and, and there were other states much harder hit than we were. Um, so yeah, yeah, basically it, 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 it buoyed along. But once again, I'm going to repeat, yeah, we're back to where we were. We got through it pretty well okay, but we lost a year of growth. And but yeah, you're right. My my example was kind of simple. We didn't just get a check and deposit it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know when when COVID nineteen kicked into full year, yeah. uh, you know a year ago March, um, you know the state cut its budget for fiscal twenty twenty mm -hmm. by three hundred and fifty million something. They in prepared that for the worst. And then I think they 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 cut the fiscal 2021 budget by 200 and something million so mm -hmm. they really did kind of tighten the belt up um, uh, not because they're necessarily you know mm -hmm. people who who wouldn't you know spend at a deficit but that state law won't allow them to <laughs> exactly i mean yeah, um, I know, yeah. and yeah. thank goodness for state law yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say that honestly in this yeah, case yeah. in this case in this case but yeah i mean yes they did they prepared for the they hoped for the best and they prepared for the worst and that preparation paid off 
give credit where credit is due, that preparation paid off. So, Doug, you spent the last several days talking to uh, lawmakers from all over northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and uh, asking them what they think uh, might be the uh, the best uh, option to deal with this surplus. So uh, is there any consensus among the lawmakers you talked to? What would some of them like uh, like to see happen with this money? Well, they want tax cuts. <clears throat> and, the, and Governor Hutchinson has spoken openly about reducing the, the rate on the, the state incomes tax. But they don't, they're not calling for them right away. There is a frankly um, admirable amount of caution they view this as what's known in the in government speak as one-time money, uh, a sort of a windfall thing, and uh, they're not going to go rush out and, and go, oh boy, we're going to cut we're going to cut the income tax by a billion dollars, because they the, you know they they don't want to cut it down and then come back later and have to have to readjust. They want the dust to settle on the COVID thing. I mean, things are getting back to normal, but how long will that take? And what kind of normal will it be? Will it be a new normal? Uh, they don't know yet. I mean, people had, um, there are some sectors of the economy and there's certainly some families and there's there maybe some communities that will never fully recover from this. Okay, I mean, um, I hesitate to give examples. I'll, I'll use one from out of state. My daughter works at a uh, in Austin, Texas, and her company let the lease, the commercial lease on its building go, because you know, hey, this working from home thing's doing just fine. Y'all keep doing it, and um, yeah, there's some sectors that were very hard hit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I, I am frankly impressed with the amount of amount of um, you know, let's stop and think about this. Another thing they've done, which is being accomplished at this point, uh, we got through, even despite the precautions Greg described, we did have to spend down some of our reserve, state reserve, and there's a whole lot of different pots. There's not just one big savings account people that the state goes to. And they're putting that back up. And they're putting more in reserve, and by doing that, Moody's Investor Service has improved our bond rating already. That's going to save taxpayers money, real money, down the line. So, yeah, they're being, I'll use the cliche, physically conservative, at least so far. I haven't heard anybody's hollering out that we need to give a tax cut right now. Um... Now, there's some who think they can do this as early as the fall, but uh, there's others who kind of more, are, are more prone to think that maybe we, we need to wait until after the first of the year, but it'll happen sometime. Well, I've, I've taken a look at your story, and some of them also indicate that we might not have seen yet, and you mentioned, you alluded mm -hmm. to this earlier, we might not have seen yet all the impacts of COVID hit the economy yet, that, that there mm -hmm. are going to be some lingering impacts. And the pandemic is is not over yet. We, you know, cases still fluctuate, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, there is some concern that that with variants and and the slow pace of vaccinations in Arkansas that we could see another spike uh, uh, when the weather changes again. So yeah, and those are valid concerns. I mean, it's it's, it's as I as I mentioned earlier, there are people going to suffer. 
health consequences of this for the rest of their lives. I don't remember what town she was from, but there was one case where um, a young girl, perfectly healthy, everything was fine, caught COVID, had to have a heart transplant. Okay? I mean, that sort of thing's real. There, there are people whose, whose potential to make a good living have been, um, or, or is, has been curtailed and it's going to affect them, like I say, for the rest of their lives. And there's going to be expenses associated with that. Even people who have insurance are going to wind up paying more for medical care than they would have. Well, as a state, uh, we're also sitting here, I, I think somewhere around 32% of the Arkansas population has been vaccinated mm-hmm. fully. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, uh, you know, the governor and the public health officials have, have looked to the fall uh, as you know, we're, we're kind of in a bit of a comfort zone right now with summer and people being outdoors and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, uh, but they really don't know about the fall. And uh, if our vaccination rates stay, you know, kind of where they are, then uh, there's a real concern that once we get back into the, the uh, fall and winter uh, with school in session, with people indoors a lot more, with people going back to offices, uh, mm-hmm. which some some places are doing, um, that we'll, we'll, we will be dealing with the effects of COVID-19 and that, that certainly some of this aid money uh, that's uh, pouring in from the federal government uh, uh, is, uh, is going to be spent on some of that. And even if we don't, not to take too long on this topic, but even if we if we don't, even if everything's peachy hunky dory from here on out, it gets back to a point one of the legislators made. Um, we saw increased sales tax revenue and other types of revenue because people got stimulus and they and they spent it. Now they're allowed to get out again. Uh, and there's a whole lot of pent-up demand that's being released, and that is inflating the uh, revenue picture right now. We're look- if you looked at our revenue, state government's revenue stream right now, you'd think, oh, man, this is great. But are we um, hitting a peak here? Such as that, even if we even if uh, even if we don't hit a valley afterwards, it's it's going to level out. Um, anyway, and, that's and, another uncertainty. Right. Well, and, mm-hmm. and you know, we've had two rounds of direct aid going to, to, to taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, that's already gone out. And then, um, you know, the reduction in unemployment, particularly in, in states like Arkansas, the reduction in unemployment income benefit, yeah, in unemployment compensation is going to go down yep. uh, at the end of the month. So that's going to limit the income and, and you know, folks who, who were, had the extra money and were spending it are, are, are not going to have that now and, and, and aren't going to, are, you know, presumably they're going to get back into the workforce, uh, find a job and, and, and maintain, uh, maintain some level of income. But there is, there, there have been some direct benefits that have also uh, uh, accelerated the um, uh, spending uh, within within the last several months. And whether they go back to work or not depends on whether they can find some child care or not. Yeah. yeah. And such as that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, Greg, you want to say no, Well, I was just going to say I, I had some communication with a Department of Finance and Administration official who um, predicted that uh, we're, we're coming to the end of fiscal 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're mm-hmm. about to enter fiscal 2022, and his prediction was basically it won't be till fiscal 2022. 
23 before we get back on what they consider to be a normal Mm -hmm. economic cycle as far as state revenue goes. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, the, the caution, I think, is merited to, to a great extent um, as far as making tax cuts uh, mm-hmm. because we, we really just don't know what it's going to end up looking like. So, and Greg, go ahead. So, Greg, does that surprise you a little bit uh, that, that there is this much of caution uh, over, over running out <laughs> uh, uh, to give tax cuts? Because, after all, 2022 is an election year. It is. Um, and, you know, uh, political folks have you know, three choices when it comes to you know, surpluses, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can save it. Uh, you can, uh, I guess do nothing mm-hmm. with it or you can, uh, you can spend it or you can somehow send it back to the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a lot of the tax cut discussion is, uh, is, is sort of, you know, nobody's talking about issuing checks, Mm-hmm. directly to taxpayers right. but the tax cut discussions is in that vein where it's you know um, uh, the political uh, the, the lawmakers you know they're they're uh, they want the state to be economically healthy but then there's also always this discomfort with you know if if there's a lot in the bank account um, they get uncomfortable with that because they feel like uh, that that just means we're taking too much from the mm-hmm. public, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from the taxpayer, right? Um, so, uh, you know, it, it com- with an election year coming up, uh, I don't think uh, candidates or or lawmakers uh, perhaps get the boom for our taxpayer buck in terms of their political lives um, by telling people, look how much money we get state mm-hmm. government has put in reserve, right? Yeah. It's usually through the spending of money that that you kind yeah. of uh, yeah either uh, spending you, spending on either services or tax cuts for or, the yeah, or 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 capital projects yeah. you know being able to go back to your community and say I fixed that bridge mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I fixed uh, that highway yeah. I mm-hmm. you know I, I was able to uh, get money for mental health or you know right. those sorts of things um, uh, you know l- lawmakers love to be able to come back and and tout that and so um i i think there will be a a a, certainly a pull toward uh nobody's suggesting that that and i know doug Mm -hmm. his reporting bears this out that nobody's really out there saying you know what tax cuts ought to be off the table yeah (laughs) it's really just not now yeah not Mm -hmm. yet um uh, and and you know that's i guess to be expected because they're not they're in session, but they're not in session. Right. They're in recess. Right. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot that can happen right now. I wanted to t- Here's an important point. Everybody, the voting public and everybody else, if there's one thing COVID emergency taught them, it's that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think there's a, if this, if this, if COVID had not happened and we had a surplus like this, yeah, you'd hear the glamour to do something. I mean, things obviously would be, be out of balance. It's kind of like, you know, you never know the value of insurance until you need, until you need it, okay? And, and I think the public in, public in general has been, remi- has been reminded 
that emergencies can happen, that life's not some certainty, some certainty that keeps going. And every once in a while, Mother Nature pops up and reminds everybody who's boss. So, yeah, I think that the political climate for an immediate tax cut isn't as he isn't it isn't it up to its usual pressure per square inch let's put it that way it, it, it may also be that some some of these folks may remember uh previous legislatures and previous administrations who who you know in 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 boom times ran out and granted a bunch of tax cuts only to have to uh, uh, to retrench and rethink and, and add them back on a few years later when a recession hit or, or some other economic uh, crisis came upon us. So that, that, you, know, you don't have to be too old to remember, remember those sorts of things happening in Arkansas. Remember 2007, 2008, when all of us had friends who say, oh, that business cycle, it's, it's a thing yeah. of the past with computers and stuff like yeah. that. We know now, no. And it's, going, it's just going to keep going and going. And, yeah. and you know, some of those people, friends of ours were out of a job. Yeah. Year or two later. Well, and when you have some candidates for governor, for state uh, <laughs> legislature, uh, signing pledges that yeah. say they will never, ever, ever, I pinky swear yeah. that I'll never raise a tax, um, you better be dang sure before you cut a tax mm-hmm. uh, that that you can your state can handle that uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're swearing on a. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a, uh, if you're Grover your Norquist novel or yeah. something that that, <laughs> that is uh, that that you're never going to raise a tax, then uh, you, you got to be pretty cautious there. Yeah. I, did, I did want to mention I, I ran across this yesterday. Um, the Pew Charitable Trusts. Uh, we've reported this in our paper uh, uh, over the years, where uh, every year, kind of at the end of all the fiscal years, uh, with the states, they do this uh, study of rainy day funds mm-hmm. and of um, uh, total state balances which you know a rainy day fund is something you've purposely set aside mm-hmm. for a, know, rainy a, day. a rainy day, rainy day. Yeah. Uh, total balances are you know also includes kind of the carryover from the mm-hmm. previous year so it's a bigger number um, Arkansas uh, on on the uh, rainy day funds you know the, the measure that they look at is basically how long could you operate state government if your your dollars just stopped coming in mm-hmm. off of your your these funds now that, we know that's never really going to happen yeah. but it's it's kind of a yardstick to, to measure how uh, your uh, reserve funds and uh, your your overall cash on hand kind of uh, looks well uh, for fiscal year 2020, Arkansas was the 10th worst in the country. Uh, 11.7 days is how long they can mm-hmm. operate state government on its rainy day fund. If you took total balances, it was the third worst uh, and uh, because it only grew to 11.9 days. Um, and if you look at the states kind of surrounding us, you've got Missouri at 50. Uh, 57 days that they could go. Uh, Louisiana 21.4, uh, Mississippi 32, Oklahoma 26, Texas 55, uh, Tennessee 59. So mm-hmm. when you kind of put those numbers up against Arkansas, it, mm-hmm. it shows that taking some of the surplus and putting it in a true reserve for emergencies is would help pump that number up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and compared to other states, it sounds to me like we need to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think 
and I hope some of the debate will be about not just tax cuts for tax cuts, but but really uh, begin with the discussion of how much do we need to bolster that that state ability to to respond to economic downturns and and all the things yeah. that we've talked about like like tornadoes yeah. and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, Dumas, you can't get to Dumas by road right now. They're asking for state, you know. And frankly, after the last big Arkansas River system flood, uh, there was a lot of talk about how our levee system throughout this right. state isn't, mm-hmm. isn't where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it always amazes me how people, look, anyway, yeah. not to go too far off the track, that's not big of, that big of, a dish, of an issue when you're up the mountain, <laughs> but there's levees all over this state that, uh, frankly, hadn't been maintained. As well as they should have been. You know, the the, <laughs> the state of Arkansas, you know, categorizes its its funding, you know, that is authorized by the yeah. legislature, into category A, which mm-hmm. is the top priority, category mm-hmm. B, category C, and what they did at the end of fiscal 20, 2020, I believe it was, uh, was they essentially got rid of categories B and C, yeah, and said we're just not going to fund those. So mm-hmm. the fact that we do have a surplus certainly does not suggest that everything that is identified as a need in this state has been funded mm-hmm. right it, we've just chosen not to spend money on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is you know that's what you do in a crisis a business does that a family does Absolutely. that in a crisis you, you you prioritize your spending but uh, i uh, never forget a couple of businessmen after the great recession after mm-hmm. 2008 2009 they made money hand over fist before that, and they kept telling themselves, patting themselves on the back, what great businesses, what great businessmen they were. Then the recession hit, and as one of them put it, and we found out what lousy businessmen we were. Mm-hmm. They cut costs, and they leaned up their operation, and they, they improved their efficiency, and when the economy improved, they really made money. Yeah. But it was a lesson they needed to learn. Yeah. So... Well, now it's no fun talking about saving money, so let's talk about the options of the, the options of spending money, including giving it back to the taxpayers in some sort of tax cuts. What are we looking at if if the legislature come when they come back in September to uh, to to handle congressional redistricting and and, yeah. and that sort of thing? When they come back, they can bring up anything. It's still the the regular session. It's not right. a special session. Um, what would what are some of the possibilities in the in the way of tax cuts? Do you think uh, we're looking at if 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 that if that happens as quickly as September? The governor's made his preference abundantly clear, and that's to reduce the rate of, of the state income tax, the top rate mm-hmm. of the state income tax. He's made no secret about that, and frankly, that's got a lot of support. I mean. Our next uh, the, the two two Republican primary candidates for governor are talking about eliminating the uh, state income tax, which you know I won't comment upon, but the possibilities of that. But uh, it's definitely reducing the, the the top rate on state income tax, and he's already cut lower down the letter, so mm-hmm. to speak. He's already cut. We've already cut income taxes. He says, okay, you know, we've taken care of everybody else. Now's the time to take care of that top rate. And that that's absolutely the favorite, the first thing on the chopping block. Um, I mean, the governor's openly said we can talk, we can consider about that in the, in the fall. So, so in, in reading your story, the, um, 
uh, Representative Galen McKenzie from Gravit, I believe, uh, made an interesting yes. point that 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 might play into this discussion, and that is, uh, she pointed out that 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 as far as sales tax collections go in Arkansas, right. uh, something new happened in 2019, which was the creation of or the collection of um, uh, internet sales tax uh, or or sales tax in Arkansas and internet sales in Arkansas. Yep. And uh, that's that's new money. Uh, that that didn't didn't exist didn't in the in the revenue stream before uh, 2019, so um, uh, she she didn't say, but she sort of intimated that that might be something to look at as well is whether that that increase would uh, the increase in uh, internet sales tax would that lead to uh, a look at maybe reducing uh, a partially overall, reducing part of the overall sales, uh, sales tax. Look, she she flat, she out, flat out said it should. Whether it's going to get any, going to get uh, the support it needs or not, I don't know. For years, up until 2019, you were supposed when you ordered something online, you were supposed to calculate what your sales tax would be, and you were supposed to, you know, pay that. Yeah. Uh, as a uh, and, and virtually nobody did. Virtually nobody the, did. As a matter Absolutely. of fact, the only people I know who did were people who worked in state government because they were required to by policy. Yeah. But but the general public. No one did that. Yeah, and it, it, it wasn't so much tax evasion as some people, well, I'm not going to say what the motives were, but in a lot of cases, people just didn't even know hmm. or, or hassle with it if they did. I know one guy, won't well, spare names, drove his wife crazy, all the receipts he had to keep <laughs> <laughs> to pay his, not just his state, but his local sales taxes. And sales tax in Arkansas is very high compared to other states. State rates is 6.5, if I remember correctly. And by the time you add county and city sales taxes, I mean, like right here in Fayetteville, we're paying like 10% in sales taxes on every purchase. So uh, Arkansas joined a bunch of other states in a compact, which basically, you know, told online retailers, look, guys, I'm serious. You got the computer computers that can handle purchases from all over the country and the world, but you can't add a little calculation in there for every state and every you know locality. Come on, okay? Mm-hmm. So they they did it, and the original the the, the 2019 change, the compact we entered at the time, the projected amount of revenue we'd get was a little less than 33 million dollars which frankly I thought was a year, and frankly I thought that was a little low. But the state was going to get uh, $33 million a year. Well, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I probably ordered more stuff online this year than I have in my entire life previously, okay, with the COVID restrictions and what have you. Uh, so we are ta- and, and that has changed online pers- purchasing patterns for the rest of our lives. I mean, it, the, the online retailers made more progress this year than they expected to. I mean, it, it was like a 40%. Now, I don't, I'm not going to cite figures because I don't remember them clearly. But they, they, it helped online retail a lot. People got a lot more comfortable with that. So, yeah, we're talking about a significant amount of money. I, we just don't know precisely how much the state's getting out of this. And then yeah, Representative McKenzie supported the Internet sales tax in principle because she recognized that it gave internet, online merchants a, a, home, a big advantage 
over retailers and such as that and people who had to maintain stores and such what she objected to what she what what she opposed in the original re- legislation was imposing this new what amounted to a new tax i mean a tax that wasn't being collected was going to be collected now and not doing anything to change it i mean it basically became a, a, a new revenue source and she wanted to see the overall uh, rate reduced and I, I think she just uh, you know I think she argued a bit that we needed to reduce the overall tax before we adopt the internet tax. I, I would just, I mean, it's all water under the bridge, but it's, I would just argue that that I think politically you had to get that tax mm-hmm. applied to level the playing field among retailers, whether they're online or bricks and mortar. And now you can move forward and, and have that discussion about, you know, what is the right rate of tax that ought to be applied to all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's be fair. I mean, there were a lot of legislators that before this whole history of this debate, there were a lot of legislators who were thinking, oh boy, we get to, you know, collect more than we used to. I mean, there was, that, there was yeah. Well, it, so that, that kind of covers what some of the tax cut ideas may be, but let's talk about what some of the spending out of this uh, surplus um, might ought to be. We've talked to, about a few of them already, infrastructure needs uh, that have gone unaddressed. Um, uh, but one of the lawmakers in your story, Doug, mentioned uh, internet access uh, in the state and right. that you know, we still don't have internet access uh, in every corner of the state. And perhaps this is a, a good time and a good, a, a good use of the, the relief money to make sure that people do have internet access so that they're not isolated mm-hmm. if another pandemic comes around. And we learned the importance of that, coincidentally enough, when so many students had to work from home, I had to, had to go to school from home, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't have decent Wi-Fi. We had we had kids sitting outside restaurants yeah. with laptops. I remember some of those stories from our COVID classroom package from late last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of of issues for folks who lived in rural areas. Uh, trying to find ways to 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 get their students who are, you know, forced to take to take class from home, Shame. Uh, yeah, uh, to 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 get them online so they could do their classwork. Uh, not just rural areas too. I learned to my surprise, almost a shock, there are, I'll call them blackout spots in in Little Rock, Arkansas. Biggest city in the state. There's there's whole neighborhoods you can drive through and not get decent Wi-Fi. Um, it's just and then people. It's not isn't it's not a luxury anymore, folks. I mean, even, you know, if you're carrying your phone and you're using a map or something, you're using Google Maps to give you driving directions. There are parts of this state you can drive through and your and your phone says sorry, no connection. You know, and that's as much cellular as it is Wi-Fi, but you see what I mean. Yeah. So we, as a state, through the, um, I forget the, what they call it, the American Rescue Plan. Mm-hmm. That's the latest one. The yeah, latest that's the most one. recent one. Yeah. I mean, the state of Arkansas is getting one point something billion. 1.5 was the last estimate I heard. Yeah. Um, and the governor's appointed his, uh, his American Rescue Act uh, committee mm-hmm. to evaluate that. But but broadband is in some of that funding, and mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how much you're going to argue, or not you, but the yeah. lawmakers will talk about 
taking money of this surplus versus some of the some of the money coming well, out of that because 1.5 billion is nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. <laughs> it's but huge. I'm not sure how much of that 1.5 billion is is included in the broadband aspect of it. And if if that money doesn't cover the cost, we do have the surplus there to to, to finish I mean, the job. It, it was. It yeah. was the first thing out of the governor's mouth yeah. when yeah. he started talking about yeah. things to spend this federal money on. Yeah. Was yeah, well, did the federal government ever decide whether uh, Wi-Fi access was a part of infrastructure or not? You know, yeah. it could wind well, up I'd, having money for that in the infrastructure bill, and I hope that that complicates yeah, things. Well, that seems like a, well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, whatever it takes to get broadband. Whatever uh, it takes. That's <laughs> a Arkansas good rule. something that needs to happen. That's so. a good rule. Okay. So, well, guys, thank you very much for uh, for spending a few minutes talking about this. Uh, we really won't know uh, the results of it for a few months uh, until the legislature comes back into session in September and deals with uh, some housekeeping items and then uh, and then may deal with uh, how to spend some of the surplus. So, so thank you, Greg. Thank you, Doug, for uh, for spending some time and helping our readers understand it a little better. Um, to our listeners, I want to thank you as well, especially if you're a subscriber. We appreciate your support so that we can do the important work of local journalism in our communities. If you're not a subscriber, you certainly can be. Just click the subscribe button on our website at nwaonline.com or call us at 749-684-5509. We'll be back next Friday with another edition of Know the News. Uh, Until then, this is Rusty Turner signing off. Thanks very much.